The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. If there's some money on the line, I'm going to go do it. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to oh, freeze. Wait. Not a game. Not, a, not, a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for. Let's introduce again. Welcome back. Welcome back, sir. Sir, how you doing? Let's welcome back Chris Williamson. He is a personality on Sportsnet New York. He is also a WBA award winning sportscaster. Chris Williamson, welcome back to the podcast, man. It's a pleasure. What's up, baby? How y'all doing? Happy to be out. <laughs> oh, yeah, we know we hanging in there. This, just... uh, this thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm, absolutely. You know, we got to talk to them Knicks. We talked to Nets previously. Now we got to talk. You know, I'm saying the New York Knicks and what they doing out there in the garden, how they're going to be successful, or will it be a dumpster fire and get rid of the whole thing? You, that's up to you to determine and tell us. So the first thing I really wanted to ask is about the offseason move, obviously, with Jalen Brunson, who I don't know about you, Ben, but I feel like in March we knew that Jalen Brunson was going to be a New York Knick. I don't know how you writing feel, Chris, but I feel like the writing was on the wall. But how can you actually convince people that that was actually a good signing. I can't convince the Knicks fans that that was a good signing by them. Well, the money that they gave him is, is a lot, right? But when the salary, creeping, salary cap increases, it's not going to be something that's like a massive overpay, right? It's not as if he's getting paid like a premier point guard. You know what I'm saying? And I think mm-hmm. it's a smart move because it gives you somebody, another playmaker, somebody who can attack and drive to the basket. He's not afraid of contact. You know, he can also hit the mid range and he's going to yep. he's going to give it his all like as far as his effort. And so I think that's going to help space the floor a bit, you know, with this team, depending on how the lineup, the starting lineup is. I know Tibbs, you know, the other day, well, actually today was like Evan Fournier is going to be the front runner to start a shooting guard. And I know a lot of people thought Quentin Grimes would um, because he can play defense. Evan can't. And he can also shoot maybe not as high rate as Evan. But he gives you both. And when you put Jalen Brunson in the mix now, and then you add Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, um, I think you have an interesting dilemma in how much space you're going to have. But it do- here's the thing. Jalen Brunson improves his team. And as he said, he's not the savior. But it does increase their chances, you know, to make the playoffs this year. How I, I just want to know this, because after everything the Knicks have been through, how are Knicks fans doing? Are they OK? You know, they, they get Brunson. So that, so there's positivity for some of these Knicks fans, because, you know, Brunson's great. And I think that means the future is a little bit brighter, as you said, increases the chance of, of a playoff appearance. But are Knicks fans OK? You know, how, how, how are they doing? They, they they didn't get Donovan Mitchell. So that that was a huge loss for them. Of right. course. You know, I, how, how are they feeling? What, what What's the temperature with these Knicks fans right now? I think Knicks fans are um, cautiously, cautiously optimistic mm. about this group and believing in the the organization and their their strategy, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, blocking out the media for certain signings and press conferences or, or lack of press conferences. But there is some um, disappointment and still 
you know, woe is me about uh, not getting Donovan Mitchell because everybody mm-hmm. and their mama knew he was coming to the Knicks. <laughs> he just saw it. all the stars aligned. It did. And then Danny Ainge said, nope, you you going to Cleveland, bro. You going to Cleveland. <laughs> and when Donovan came out and said, told uh, Win- Wendy um, that, yeah, it was really close that he was going to go to the Knicks. And I know more than most people, the, the, the Knicks fans response was, you should have demanded a trade, like instead of just going through the motions and right. allowing it to play out, you should have demanded a trade instead of just playing like the good employee and, okay, I want to go to New York, but I'm not going to say that. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're like, let's move on from that, you know, but they're <laughs> cautiously optimistic. That's good. So I want to talk about R.J. Bear, right? He got the money. And so for me, I've always thought that out of the three, Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, Zion, that R.J. could possibly be the second best because obviously Zion's all world because there's always a debate on who could be who could be better, you know, Cam Reddish or R.J. But we've seen R.J. continue to ascend. What are your expectations for Barrett? I think he can be it's not going to be easy, but I think I think he can be an all star caliber player, especially if he improves that mid range game and he steps out you know, beyond the three-point line and is able to be a reliable sharpshooter. You know, we saw last year and the year before a little bit where he, well, last year really where he's able to improve um, on that baseline three, right? But if he can knock mm-hmm. down, you know, the pull-up three, dribble, dribble, jump shot, you know what I'm saying? That is what is going to really elevate his game because right now he, this dude, as, as good as he is, he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, moves, right? So he needs to find a way to really perfect that mid-range game like we see with a Devin Booker, DeMar DeRozan, Chris Paul. And I do honestly feel like he's going to take another step this year and and be a focal point for this team. He's already shown to be the leader. And he looks like he's, uh, you know, 30. And he acts that way when it comes to his leadership approach. And and that's what really impressed me last year. Even do even through the dark times, the young guy was the one to rise to the occasion and rally the troops. Uh, something we expected from from Julius Randle, who did not have a great year whatsoever. That is a perfect transition because <laughs> that is our next question. I was going to say let's talk about the elephant in the room, but might as well just go head on and talk about Julius Randle because. I mean, we haven't seen him play well in over a season. Yeah. And when he played well, we saw how good the Knicks could be. W- what are the expectations for him? Do, are we going to see that Julius Randle that we saw in the playoffs two years ago? I I think that was a – I don't know if that was something – was like a miracle uh, for him to play that well. You know, the fans <laughs> Is that what you describe it as, a miracle? <laughs> I, I would say, okay, miracle is harsh. A miracle is harsh, right? All right. Um, but I don't know – if that's going to be repeated, especially because they're not going to run the same offense that they ran when he had that great season, right? right. Because now when they're adding Jalen Brunson um, and that will change the spacing, I don't know how Tib is going to handle um, the structure of the offense, but Jalen likes the ball in his hands. Julius likes the ball in his hands. So I, I don't think so. I don't think we're going to see that same Julius, but I hope that he can be more efficient and his actions and body language are not going to bring down the team when they're going through dark times and and dark spells. But I do expect him 
based on what I heard from him, it's all smiles, you know, best shape of my life, yada, yada. Um, we're we're going to see an improved version of him, maybe not to the level that we saw uh, when he got most improved player of the year, but definitely getting back to what he what he used to do and, and not what he did last year. So let's say <laughs> the Knicks start off, you know, on a rough patch. You know, they start off maybe two and eight through the first 10 games or, you know, they're like four and 11 through the first 15 games of the season. Do you believe they should consider a coaching change if they get off to a rocky start this year? What do you think? So you, so you telling me if they get off to like, if they're like four and 11, that they, they should fire uh Tibbs <laughs> after three, 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 three years, right? Yes. <laughs> no, no, that would be foolish. That would be, that would be foolish. A lot can happen, man, in that first okay. half. If if you're close, right? Because this, well, here's the thing: the Knicks organization is all in on Tibbs. If they were gonna mm. fire him on some gut reaction based off you know different fans and media, it would have been last year. But that would have been a reckless decision, in my opinion. Um, mm. You got to give him the entire year. Maybe there's some some moves at the trade deadline that they need to make. Then you and if it doesn't work out. Okay, then you take take your chances and and try to find somebody else. But they start out four and eleven. Uh, I would, I don't think they should should let him go. Even it's not warranted. Team. Okay. No, I don't, I don't think it's warranted. I think that's it's only so eleven four. Yeah, fifteen games a season. Um, I still I would give him a little bit more rope than that. Uh, yeah, I give him a little bit more patience. But you know, in this in this uh, industry. And and NBA in that city in particular. <laughs> yeah, there is no patience. But here's the thing that's uh, so interesting because they shocked everybody a couple years ago and were that four seed. It kind of gets clouded because they weren't supposed to be there. Nobody in the right mind believed that the yeah, Knicks were going to I be one of the top four teams have them in the East. Well. <laughs> but now you're like, okay, so Tibbs, you need to do this. So the pressure's on, even though. The track record that they should have been on was going to be longer than the one um, or is going to take a little bit longer than we expected. So now people are expecting more. Um, but, yeah, it, it's going to be um, it's going to be fun. I, I'll tell you that much. I want to mention Obi Toppin for a second, kind of the young talent for the Knicks, because seemingly to me, I don't want to call him an X factor, but he's seemingly kind of that player where. He could take that next step. Good things happen when and, he's on the floor. Yeah, good things happen when he's on the floor. He's clearly improved from where he was at Dayton. He's clearly improved on a lot of things that the Knicks have needed to, him to improve on. W- what do you see his role being this season? Do you see him taking that next step in his development? Is Tibbs going to let him cook? Is, is Tibbs going to let him cook? Come, come on now. And that, see, and you just alluded to something. That, that's my thing with Tibbs. Like, will he let the young guys go out there and grow and get better and make those mistakes in the game? Because that's why I feel like, you know, if they get off to a rocky start, like, that should be a question put in play with Tibbs. Like, if you don't give your young guys an opportunity to grow and get better, like, what does that say about your coaching? Yeah, it just shows that he hasn't. And look, Tibbs is not an awful coach by by all means, any means. He's he's definitely qualified and incredible and has Absolutely. a lot of success. But there's a comes a point where you need to abandon um, some of your old ways and stop being so loyal to the veterans, right? And allow these young players, like you said, to make mistakes. So for me, 
I expect Obi Toppin, hopefully, to get more time, get more minutes on the floor. I'm not sure how it's going to work um, if you have him and Julius Randle on the floor because that's not a whole lot of spacing uh, given right. how they given how they play um, and just seeing the the small sample size. But he does bring, as you said, that that spark. You know, things are much more energized and there's a flow to the offense when he's out there. And a lot of times it happens with Julius Randle not there. But if he can if he can knock down those threes, you know, mm-hmm. that we saw him do yeah. at Dayton, um, I think that adds a lot more to this team's um, profile and what they can do. Because he's not, like you said, he's improved a lot since his rookie year when he didn't look like he knew what he was doing out on the NBA floor. Um, but I think for now, he he really has to hone down on get, developing that three-point shot being instant offense, you know, catching the lobs from, you know, R.J. Barrett or Emmanuel Quickly, Derrick Rose, all those guys, um, and just bringing a whole lot of energy to the team when they need it. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay. Three lefties in the lineup. Now, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. <laughs> but they got three lefties out there, Chris. How, how they going to make it work? It's only one ball with three lefties out there. What's going to happen? What's wrong with a left-handed person? Oh, no. You know what I'm saying, bro? I'm left-handed, too, baby. So oh, look, you know what I'm saying? Look, all three of us. Look, see, I got to put th- all this three of us space. on the court. Like, is it going to work? Yeah, safe space for left-handers. <laughs> is it going to work if they share the ball, right, if they know how to be unselfish um, and they're not just jacking up shots left and right when they don't have it? I think, yeah, being biased as a, as a left-handed person, you know, I, I love it, you know, because it's left-handed season all day. But it is a different mm-hmm. um, different perception because so many players in the league are right-handed. And maybe, you know, that's, that's an advantage they have, uh, right? Because you're not normally – you don't normally see three left-handed players, um, you know, on the court at the same time for, for one team. But I, I believe – that that shouldn't stop them from being successful. Uh, I just think how they operate in space is what is the real dilemma. Because you know what, like if you're left-handed, you like to be on the right side so you can dribble the dribble drive and go left and get in the middle and take the paint. I feel like we're going to see a lot of that from a um, from a Jalen Brunson or a RJ Bear. But what does that leave for a guy like Julius Randle in terms of spacing on the floor or who's going to be in those scenarios to for the kick out and for the, to shoot the ball? Like, how do you see that playing out? Well, Julius needs to get back to where he was in, in 2020 and, not, and knocking down those threes right from the top of the key um, or on the corner on, on the wing. Uh, cause, and, and here's the thing, both, both Julius and, and RJ, and I think even, uh, Brunson, they can go, they can go to the right, you know, they can go to the left, even though some people, uh, don't think so. Um, you know, national media, uh, so my boy Jew, I like, I love Jew first and foremost. I love Jew, but he always going back left. That That's my no, man. Going Jew going back the, left. No, 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 no. <laughs> but look, he, 
he finishes with the left, but he can go to the right. You know what I'm saying? He goes down. He's at the free throw line. You know what I'm saying? Little jab step, boom, brings the ball across. Boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? Then little hezzy fadeaway, right? He used to hit those <laughs> all the time. So he may not finish with the right. Okay, cool. Uh, but they they still can go to the right side. Oh, the for sure. And, and again, <laughs> it comes down to them being able to hit their their outside shots at a, a decent rate. They don't need to be Steph Curry or Seth Curry and all those guys, but if they can be good, like at those at those slot shots, the shot selection, then I think I think it can work. Again, we, we have no idea how they're going to fit together because we've never seen them play together. Um and we're not sure how Tibbs is going to install the offense. And it's a different system. It's one thing when you're balling with Luca and mm-hmm. you're able to take advantage of the defense collapsing on him and right. you can get your game off. You know what I'm saying? You got one on one. You don't have to worry about being double teamed. But when you playing with Julian Randle and RJ Barrett, who are not in the same tier as good as they are, as they may play, they're not in the same level. It's different. So J- Jalen's going to have a culture shock as well. And I think we're all just really looking forward to seeing how how they maneuver and make things uh, make things shake so the Knicks can be relevant once again. Can my man's Cam Reddish get some PT? Get some playing time? Because I just feel like he is – he got plenty of potential to be a future star in this league, given the opportunities. The Hawks didn't give him no chance. He get traded to the Knicks. Knicks, Tibbs don't want to put my mans in the game. Like, what's up, man? Can my mans get some clock? Can he get some burn out there, please? <laughs> well, dude, the, the the one time when he started to get some burn, you know, in the second half of the season, um, and you see what he brings to the table as far as, you know, defender, shot making, you know, in transition, he gets hurt. Right. I think it was a clip. Yeah, it was a Clippers game where he did really well. And then shortly after that, he got injured. I don't the fact that I think we've seen reports that, you know, they were thinking about maybe trading him, um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, after last season. I don't see a whole lot of room for him to uh, be effective or be allowed to be effective um, on this next roster. I think Tibbs has made it very clear. Come on, bro. You traded traded draft picks for this guy. You don't play him. And you give him these short – again, it goes back to you just give him these these very short um, amount of time, short amount of time to be productive. If you give somebody five, six minutes, what are they going to do? Right? That That's not – that's not a production. Tracy Grady in like 13 points, 37 seconds. Like, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> but it, but but here's the thing. The issue is the 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 backlash will be, well, he needs to be ready, right? You're an NBA player, so you need to be ready. To, and that, and that's lose. true. But these guys, everybody they're humans, right? So they need time and um ability to get a rhythm. You if you just insert somebody in you know, like two minutes left in the fourth quarter, whatever, um, that may not be the best outcome, uh, depending on who the player is. And I think Cam is a guy who who needs um, the pace and the rhythm to be in his um, – well, he just needs that time and, and, and rhythm to get going. All right, bold prediction time, I oh, think. Yeah. I so, think so looking at the, the Knicks season as a whole – 
And this could be really any prediction. It can be playoffs. It can be someone's traded. It could be someone goes off. Someone wins an award. Whatever it is. What, what would you say is your boldest prediction? Your hottest take for this Knicks team this season? Uh, uh, hottest take. Uh, so I will say that. Um. A lot of options. Yeah, there there is a lot of options. Um, I will say I just ran off like three in my head. For me, <laughs> is that the Knicks will end up the the six or seven seed. Mm, They'll end up so, the six or seven seed. Okay, and not necessarily because they're playing at a higher clip, just because of how I think the season's going to go for some other teams. Other teams, like, okay. Like Chicago, I don't know what's going on there, especially with Lonzo Ball. He, I don't know what yet. He can't even run. He can't even get up the stairs without any pain. And then the Heat's energy, while they're a great team, they're going to be in the forefront of it. Something seems off uh, on that level. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think they could, they could be the six or seven seed. I'm leaning towards seven. Okay. Uh, like but six is uh, six sounds sexier because then they're not. They're not in the playoffs. In right. They're not yeah, in the yeah, you know Guaranteed in the playoffs. At least if yeah. they're seven seed, they might get bounced out. They might get bounced out. Yeah. So, yeah, that might work out. I think seven is where you might have to keep that line at because play-in sounds about right. <laughs> what about y'all? What, what, what? Well, see, for me, I wrote about the Knicks in the preview. That's going to come out next week. Make sure you check that out uh, next week. It's going to drop first week of October. But when I wrote about the Knicks, I think I said basically – you know, they're a play they're a play in team that can go anywhere in the you meant the seventh seed, or they could be the last seed. They could be the tenth spot. Yeah. the tenth spot. It just depends on how the uh how the chips may fall, you know, so how the cookie crumbles. For me at least. How what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I was thinking on the the Tom Thibodeau line. Is it is it too bold to say they give him an extension? How much how much longer is he signed? A couple more years through twenty twenty five, I think. I think so. I think they play well enough that they're like We'll, we'll extend you, Sid. We'll give we'll give you more years, more money. I'm just not. I'm Tibbs can coach, Chris. By all means, yeah. he can coach. I'm not gonna tell you he can't coach. Does he manage his players well in terms of minutes? I don't think so. I definitely do not think so. He running. But that, if they succeed, even the, if they succeed, I think New York's gonna be like, hey, oh, here's more years. <laughs> now, what's your definition of success? Because if they succeed, right, and they got and he's got these uh, brothers playing 45 minutes. 46, 44 minutes, that it might come at a cost because then it might be short-term success and not long-term. No, 100%. And I saw that firsthand with the Bulls as a Bulls fan when he was with the Bulls in the early 2010s. You know, it was it was all flowers and and awesomeness in the regular season and then the postseason hits and these guys are just like winded. Derrick Rose, run them to the ground. Yeah, so I I think they they play well enough during the regular season because we know know Thibs loves coaching great regular season teams where – People start saying, all right, maybe he's he's the coach for the Knicks. And the playoffs hit. Maybe they make the fifth seed or the sixth seed. They don't even have to play the playing game. And, and Knicks fans are going nuts. They're loving it. Life's good. And playoffs hit. <laughs> which which the thing is, too, and thinking it and saying that out loud, the fact that they're a young team They are a young helps. team. So, so they do they, have few, it's have harder to run them into the ground. Yeah, it's harder to run those young guys into the ground. Which Well, you know, I don't know. Derrick Rose was only 21. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Zach Levine was only like 22. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe he just runs on everyone in the ground. 
Hey, but, that, that but it's, it's a different era, though. It's a different. Uh, it is. I think it's a different decade, uh, maybe so, because these guys have new the new technology and how they take care of their body. Um, management. Those, those are things <laughs> that they'll apply. And oh, the other thing I forget who told us this. Uh, we were doing a doing our show on S and Y for the Knicks, and some guy who's connected to Tibbs was like. Yeah, Tibbs may play these guys a lot, but what you don't see is him taking Julius Randle off of practice, practice right, for, for a day or two, or, or R.J. Barrett giving him a rest. That way he's under, he's able to give them some more time to relax, okay. recharge, and when it comes to game yeah, time, okay. they make that up there. So that is something where I think he improve, he's improved in understanding – the nature of this game and how th- these are Michael Jordan, right? Th- these are Michael Jordan uh, clones coming up when they're going to play 82 games. Those days are pretty much over. You know, this is not Giannis where he misses like five, 10 games, you know, for, for maintenance. Like it's a different, it's a different ball game now. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Kawhi changed it. <laughs> yeah. Kawhi, right. Kawhi, Kawhi man. Kawhi, the load management, load management king. <laughs> We appreciate, we appreciate you, man, for coming on with us. You know what I'm saying? Talking New York Knicks basketball. Uh, Hopefully, you know, so that garden is going to be full of proud, happy fans this season with New York Knicks. Tibbs plays well. He coaches well enough. He gets an extension. Hope all that happens. Hope it all happens. That seventh spot is where I think they'll end up being. And we'll see what happens in the play-in and who they run into. They may, because I don't think Cleveland's going to, I think Cleveland will be right back in that same scenario in the mix in terms of play-in even with Donovan Mitchell because of how stacked the East is. And so for that, you know, so I hopefully the Knicks are right there. They're going to be competitive all year. We'll see if they get an all-star. I thought you were going to say that RJ Bear is going to be an all-star for the bowl. Well, well, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a hot take because I feel like some people, not so many people are not high on him. But in the New York bubble, a lot of people think he can reach that all-star status. So when I'm thinking about hot takes, I don't even see that as something that's blazing high. It's just I believe that's realistic. Okay. Um, now, if it was Emmanuel Quickly or Brando, <laughs> then that would be a hell of a hot take. You know what I'm saying? Scorching from hell. Okay. I like it. Yeah, me too. Sportsnet, very own New York personality, my man, Chris Williamson, in the building. Tell the people where they can find your work, sir. Yeah, so they can find my work uh, at cwilliamson44 on Twitter and, and then also cwilliamsontv9 on Instagram. So you can keep up with all my my stories, my my commentaries, my thoughts, crazy takes, whether it's sports or food related, all that. Um, yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't bite. I'm, I'm pretty cool and I'm, I'm ready to enjoy this. Uh, enjoy the season. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. We there, too. Yeah, there you go. There you have it, folks. Chris Williamson, very own, man. We appreciate you. All right, thank you.